It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brutal Gash. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're doing well. Joining us, as he often does, from beautiful Newcastle, Australia, it is Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. What's up, Jackson? I'm good, man. I'm good. Things are good. It's nice to um, have a have a monkey off the back, as I'm sure we'll get into uh, later <laughs> now. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's all right. Everything's all right. Glad to hear it. Uh, and something we love to do when we can is get other folks from the Celtics Reddit community on the show. And joining us today is Alex, aka Dan the Malformed. Alex, how's it going, man? Welcome. All right, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, amazing to be a guest on here. Uh, I'm a longtime lurker of the Celtics subreddit, even though I don't really post. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself, Alex. Where are you from, and uh, how'd you become a Celtics fan? Uh, I'm from actually the LA area. So um, I can't nice. stand Lakers. Uh, needed to get the t- one team that would just piss off Laker fans. Happened to be watching the Boston Celtics game. I think it was like 2006 or something. And uh, I was just amazed by Paul Pierce. And I was like, man, this guy has really got it. Researched the team a little bit. Fell in love with the history. You know, all of the kind of human sport, uh, human aspects of the game that Boston really embodies as far as Bill Russell and Larry Bird. And um I, I just I, I bled green from that exact moment. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to our boy King of Pants because as a longtime lurker, like that dude's discussion posts are awesome. He really thinks a lot about like everything he puts out. So big shout out to homie. Nice. Um, a very and, very on uh, brand for coming yeah, on this no, podcast, by yeah, the way. Man. Immediately with the other uh, red <laughs> shout out. <laughs> the users already. Already, <laughs> already I'm like, let's get this guy back on again. Uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, he's, he's a really good dude. He posted a good trade discussion with uh, Kemba Walker and uh, Vin Simmons that people were not here for. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was, it's a good discussion, you know, and these are good points that we've got to think about. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah, shout out to King of Pants. Good one. Um, all right, so uh, a special midweek. We beat the Sixers edition today. Uh, we'll have our usual pod out on Tuesday as well. But guys, let's get into it. Um, this this game against the Sixers was not like the earlier three games this season so far. Uh, and here we are without Kemba, without Cantor. Obviously, Time Lord is still out as well. Maybe the one guy that's like physically compatible with, with Joel Embiid uh, in terms of a matchup. Uh, Reddit user Pitiv20 writes, the Celtics shoot 26.7% from three. Kemba sits. The Celtics still take the Sixers, the Sixers to the woodshed. Guys, what what was the difference in this game then compared to the three earlier games against the Sixers? 
in my opinion, it was similar to that of the Lakers game the other week, and we just got Philly on, on a bad night because they could not hit a shot to save their lives. And I think that's down in one part to the defense that we played on Embiid, um, but I don't think Embiid was 100%, to be fair. Um, and the fact that they just couldn't hit a shot, really. I mean, outside of Ben Simmons, I, I think we could have beat them by like 40 to be perfectly <laughs> honest, like they were just, it was just one of those nights where they just could not do anything to save themselves. And uh, conversely, we actually shot, you know, as other than from three point range, uh, really rather well. And we got to the line a lot too. So um, look, I think uh, they also missed Josh, Josh Richardson. I think Loki, he's been a, a nuisance for us when we've played them before. Sure, yeah. And um, maybe a controversial take when I saw that Kemba wasn't playing, wasn't completely upset. I thought like he struggled against their size and their length a few times this season, like all the times this season. So I thought, let's see how we go with a different approach at point guard in Smart. Mm. And luckily, Smart had a, a really effective game too. So I think um, I think that basically covers my my opinion of why uh, it was different this time. Yeah, no, definitely. Just piggybacking off of that. I mean, really, Celtics just out hustled. I mean, Philly like a monster. They had great help defense every time. Joel Embiid. Seemed to have it in the post. Jalen Brown was coming in there uh, as the help defender, which is great, you know, because he can close out on the three-point line if Joel Embiid tries to kick it back out. Um, I mean, like you said, terrible three-point shooting for the Sixers. Every time they shot, I was like, yes, yes. Like, come on, I need, I need more of this <laughs> in my life. <Yeah. laughs> uh, because a missed three from them is going to be a make three for us. And, um, I mean, really, it's, it's just really great to have these kind of games because sometimes – like you said, Kemba like, was struggling for the last couple of games in terms of the shooting percentage and kind mm-hmm. of everything uh, executing the offense. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum here just, I mean, that people just kind of sleep on the Celtics, I think, generally, uh, as we kind of like don't share a lot of the national media spotlight mm-hmm. uh, when we talk about duos and kind of like, you know, this, these big players on the teams. And Fire and Ice showed you why they're going to be unstoppable when they really grow into themselves. Yeah, it's kind of a glimpse into the future, right? And like I kind of had written down here some notes as, as far as the story of the game. The story of the game, the beginning, the middle, and the end is, is basically just Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just like owning everybody from, from start to finish, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Like they, they came yeah. out so <laughs> aggressive and even Gordo had that same aggression. It didn't unfortunately translate into a very efficient game for him at all. I think he shot one for 11 mm-hmm. from the field, but the aggression was there. I think he, he got to the line early and that set the trend uh, for the Celts for the rest of the game. I think they had 25 free throw attempts by halftime alone. Um, yeah, and then and 41 like total by, by the end of the game, which has just not been a trend uh, for the Celtics, like essentially for as long as um, since the 08 team disbanded, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Tatum 25 points in limited minutes and only 28 minutes. Um, like both of them just nasty, nasty plays as well. Tatum had that one sort of step back three over Embiid late in the game to really just seal it when it looked like they were maybe going to go on a run to to bring themselves back into the game. But Jalen Brown all night, I I started to try and list his awesome uh, plays as he was making them, and then I just kind of lost count. I lost track of them. Yeah. Right? He just had so many, so many like dribble move combinations into like little hezy jimbos and like just blowing by everybody. It's crazy. It was so much hezzy, fun. Hezzy jimbos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, it wasn't that long ago when his handle was was not that great. Yeah, and now it's that's just not the case anymore, and it's just awesome because like that that game was just like a a Jalen Brown highlights conveyor belt, just one after the other after the other. Like I can't, I, I don't know the play of the game. It's hard enough to name his play of the game, let alone anything else. And um, yeah, like I think that's he'll probably wouldn't say so, and I don't think you would read too much into it, but just a little like sort of the you know, post sort of not selected for the All Star kind of response. Mm-hmm. You know what Gotta I mean? So. 
yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said to that. 32 points, I think he had, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, 32 yeah. points. And yeah, Fantastic. I mean, you touched on it right there, Jackson. Like, I think he really took, and they, uh, Hubie Brown talked about this during the game. Um, he, you know, as soon as the All-Star selections were released, he just took to social media to congratulate Kemba and Jason. And I really think that people underrate like how good Jalen Brown is at taking criticism that of his game, just using that to get better. I mean, every time he works out in the summer with Tracy McGrady, it just seems like he gets a deeper bag of tricks sure. to just like work mm-hmm. in. And um, I mean, like you said, it's really hard to pinpoint what the best play of the game was for Jalen, but I would have to say that dunk, dude. He when he <laughs> when he jumps on two feet and it looks like his head is above the rim, yeah. like you just know something special <laughs> yeah. is gonna happen. Flow. So yeah. um, I would I would say definitely that one. Or, or but see again, maybe the crossover for that he did to Tybal, like that was nasty. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Yeah, that, that dunk uh, from the, the, the camera angle, the initial camera angle before the replays, it looked like it was kind of more on B, more on and B than it actually was. Uh, just from the perspective there, yes. I thought for a second he dunked right on him and like that, that was yeah. it. I basically lost my shit in that moment. Um, I, I felt like Tatum and Brown were also going at poor, poor old Al Horford in this game a lot. Like from the beginning, <laughs> Tatum had that dunk on him and a couple of plays before he went at him and scored a layup over him as well. Um, all of those finishing at the rim troubles for Tatum seem to be like well in the past at this point. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. we talked about Jalen Brown a lot there. What are you guys' thoughts on, on Tatum in this one? Um, more of the same of what we've seen from him in recent weeks. I know he's had a few games off with, um, with injuries and whatnot, but, um, uh, it felt like he had more than, was it 25? I should have done my research. 25, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he should have had more. It's a weekend podcast. Like it's all good. Exactly, yeah. I was, uh, I feel like he should have had more than that based on, like, you know, just what you were seeing from him. But, yeah. um, that chase down block he had too, I can't remember. Was that the third quarter or something? That was, like, when one of the two or three times the Philly threatened to go on a run and get back into it, he just, he just completely obliterated that and it was um you know there's there's way more to his game than just like you know the great shooting and the you know the finishing at the rim and getting to the line like he's really starting just to, to you know the all-star justification seems so like utterly justified like right now so yeah no he's he was fantastic today as well yeah no i mean jackson you hit on a lot of great points I, and i think i don't know if it's starting with with headband jason i don't know if jason Taylor <laughs> yeah, feels like it has just start like underrated <laughs> underrated aspect yes <laughs> so i don't know i mean i'm gonna have to you know, change that in 2K and kind of just see like how yeah. he definitely he plays now. But um, <laughs> when you're talking about that Jason Tatum dunk on Al Horford, uh, like that was just, that was incredible. I mean, are Jason and Jalen like the boom bros now? Is that like, I mean, I know we call it that, you know, they want to be called fire and ice, but they got to have something with booming. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. uh, they have a hit, hit list that's yeah. really long in the NBA. Um, and one of the great kind of like plays that happened in the game was, really early on in that first quarter when the Celtics were making that run and they were swinging it side to side. I think Gordon Hayward may have passed it to Jason Tatum for that open three. And just having that kind of ball movement uh, was really refreshing to see because I know that sometimes the Celtics can get in offensive lulls um, when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum aren't kind of operating at their, at their star status. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just really playing within the offense really allows these guys to be who they are. And, you know, we got to remain being in that hunter mentality because I think sometimes we really get in this kind of mood of resting on our laurels and that comes back to bite us because I think teams are out to get good teams you know and um, you'll lose to any other team as we saw with the Pelicans game so um, just making sure that we're kind of staying on top of that is really key Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I think it was after the last game 
Tatum, sorry, not Tatum, Jalen Brown had a quote, essentially speaking to it exactly that, Alex, where he's like, we need to get out there and hunt bodies on every single game, on every single night, no matter the opponent. And it seems like they're finally starting to do this with some consistency, and even on nights where, you know, Kemba's sitting, mm-hmm. Hayward is essentially not on the court either, let's be honest. So he did, did do quite a lot of good things <laughs> off the ball. Um, but, I mean, they're clearly out there hunting, um, you know, the biggest of bodies in, in the case of the 76ers who, um, who'd log a, a huge lineup. Um, speaking of that, Joel Embiid, he didn't seem like the usual Joel Embiid tonight. Like he's clearly still working his way back into game shape. Um, although that is a common problem for Joel Embiid. Well, this is just the latest iteration of that. Um, currently, the Sixers are in the six spot. The Celtics are in the three spot. How would you guys feel about, obviously recency bias will come into play here, but how would you guys feel about a potential playoff matchup with the Sixers where the Celts have home court? I'm I'm not proud to say it. I would still be worried. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, because I think Embiid would will get will get healthier, and you know what his track record against has been like. So you would expect that to revert to type. You know, I think Al Horford, as aged as he looked today, would also have something to prove as well. Playoff you know Al. what playoff Al is <laughs> yeah. like. You know what he'll do to Philly. Um, now imagine if they don't shoot so you know fucking horrendously tonight. You know, <laughs> um. Simmons is playing fantastically at the moment. You know, he, re- he really is. You know, we hang a lot of shit on him, but like, at the end of the day, like he's he's in the NBA and he's a star for a reason. And like, I think he's really like coming into his own there. So it would still terrify me to be honest. I would just would not want to see them uh, in any way in a seven game playoff series. But I mean, you, you got, to win it, you got to be prepared to beat anybody. So you know, I would welcome the challenge. I I, I would, but I would be I'd be a wreck. I'd be really nervous. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, I totally understand those concerns because those games that we played against philadelphia to start the season i mean were utterly just surprising because uh-huh. we've had their number for so long you know mm-hmm. they just couldn't figure out the formula to beat us now with a better team somehow they kind of seem to get the upper hand there but i mean look the celtics right now are 20 and 5 at home 76ers are 22 and 2 um so i mean if we have home court I'm just going to say I'd give it to us mm-hmm. because we tend to play better at the at the Garden. And, I mean, even though this was going to be kind of a rare in, uh, game from Embiid, I mean, it, when it comes to the playoffs, we get in that dude's head. And um, who knows? I mean, maybe Danny Ainge tried to, you know, pull some 4D chess and send Al Horford over there just to mess up their rotation <laughs> going into the playoffs. <laughs> so, I love that. I just, I just don't see a scenario where, you know, like, I think that this would be the first round matchup, right? Um, or Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, especially coming off of Jason Tatum's first all-star selection, they, they lose that, you know what I'm saying? Um, I just think that this team is really built for the playoffs. And I think that even though we have a lot of players that can't play together seemingly in a modern-day matchup, those guys are nightmares when yeah. you know we're getting now and we're using our athleticism to make open shots and you know, make big plays. The Boston Celtics can, are, are really scary, you know, and um, even though that they were kind of built like the Warriors, um, they do so many things that just make them so much more an interesting team when you kind of collect all of their skill sets together. And uh, I think that would cause a lot of problems in a game, seven game series. Yeah, we definitely saw that version of the Celtics right from the get-go in this particular game. Uh, Reddit user Zaytoven in the game thread wrote, this is how they smoked the Lakers, running them off the floor and out-hustling for loose balls. Um, yeah. It was a great moment. Um, 
I was going to get to this later when we talk about our, our playoff rotation bench, but Grant Williams grabbing that offensive rebound towards the end of the game and just kind of like sitting mm-hmm. down on his ass under the hoop, holding <laughs> the ball, screaming, and then Marcus Smart like runs over and joins him in this like intense moment of dual screaming together. I thought that yeah. was like in a game full of awesome moments. That was that was up there. Yeah, and that piggyback right off the back of two other offensive rebounds he also had. So he was like, he had everyone on his feet already. So like yeah. that was just like that was just peak. Um, yeah, scream off. It was awesome. Um, yeah, Grant. I was saying it's remarkable how Grant Williams is. I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself talking about the eight man rotation here. Should we? Leave well, it? Let's get into it. Let's let's do let's it. get into it. Yeah, <laughs> I was saying it's remarkable that like he's he's a key piece of this eight man rotation. Now, granted, you had no Kemba and you had no Cancer. The Cancer, yeah. I think, would really infiltrate his way into this anyway um but yeah he seems to be like just such a reliable piece of this of this rotation particularly that we've been deploying in big games and for a rookie he just looks does not look remotely out of his depth and i think low-key his offense is starting to get better like he's starting to hit shots around the rim and starting to like you know make himself more you know less less of a hole on offense too which is which is really encouraging yeah, no, I mean, I totally can. And you can see that today just with him knowing what his spots are. Uh, I mean, that comes from setting really good screens, boxing people out in the paint to get those types of offensive rebounds. And uh, I, I saw someone like joke a couple months ago when he was having another really good stretch um, that he can be like our Draymond Green. Um, but I mean, even though that's kind of, you know, fantastical, it, it does make a lot of sense. You know, like Draymond Green had Kevin Durant Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, he's not going to get those shots, you know? So how can I impact the game without having to rely on so many shot attempts? You can do that with screen assists, you know, getting after those second chance points, crashing the boards. And I think that a lot of his basketball intellect comes with how he plays. Um, uh, one thing I do want to really ask y'all though, is who has a bigger butt, Grant Williams or Yabu? <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions we, we live the, for. We need the Come side on. by yeah. yeah. We need the side by side comparison. The measuring tape. Um I have to I've got to say Yabu, but uh, Grant yeah. is a close second. I don't think anyone is topping uh Yabu Selly in that department though. Yeah. He will forever li- live on in the hearts and memories of Celtics he, fans he, as the the biggest booty out there. Yeah, he barely, Charles Barkley yeah. maybe. I think Charles Barkley. Yeah, right? yeah. He barely played for us and like he'll never be forgotten for that for that caboose. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do think present day Charles Barkley has him in that department. Though, but in terms of uh, like intra NBA career, uh, but uh, yeah, it's got to go to Yabu for sure. Uh, great question. That's the stuff we live for here on, on this podcast. Um, sticking with the playoff rotation, uh, I've got the comment right here. Uh, user Thank You Bays God writes: Semi has been playing really well lately. He's been aggressive and drawing fouls. Plus, he's normal stellar defense. Love it. Shemi Ojale. Um, has had maybe an up and down Celtics career thus far in terms of his consistency. Last five games or so, I told myself I was going to grab these stats before the pod. Lazily, I didn't. But the eye test alone, he's been hitting those corner threes. He's been playing great defense. And in the last few games where teams have thrown zone defenses at us, he's been really effective in getting like into the teeth of that zone and making really effective passes out of it. Really impressed with Shemi Ojale. Clearly, he's, he's part of Brad Stevens' uh, playoff rotation, as we're calling it. Um, I don't know. Can can you guys expand on that a little bit? What what are you seeing differently from Shemi that we haven't seen uh, prior in his career? His um his, his limited shots, like still as they still are, uh, he seems to be making more of them. Or maybe that's I, I don't know. If, like he he did today. Um, but I feel like he's been hitting that shot a lot a lot more. Um, this season, you can tell Brad's believed in him for a while because like it's mm. only his third season, isn't it? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, he's, so yeah. it feels like he's been around for a really long time. So you can see, I think there's a reason why Brad's been like deploying him, you know, throughout his career. Cause I think he's, he wants to like get him that experience because he does believe to be a key piece. He's like such a, such a unit, like to, to look at, like it's incredible. And he's been deployed against Giannis, you know, and defensively. And now he's starting to come into himself, you know, like a little bit more um, on the offensive side as well too. And I think six from six of the line as well too, underrated as well. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, and look, his three-point percentage has gone up incredibly uh, this year. I think his level of confidence also impacts his game a lot. Um, it, it's so strange because Semi to me seems like such an intriguing player. I remember seeing call, uh, videos of him at MSU, and the dude mm-hmm. just looked unstoppable at times. Like, yeah. he li- like, I was just like, oh, this is LeBron highlights or something. And it just, it's so <laughs> incredible to see how, like, that's not translating to the NBA because I'm holding out this hope that he can, like, still unlock that part of him. I mean, I don't know if it's just, like, the division that, I mean, no, the conference he played in was just trash. Probably it's SMU. But um, I think that he, I, I just, I think he he's, like, not understanding certain parts of the things that he can do. I mean, I think he he's trying to be like this kind of 3 and D kind of wing for us. And I mean, you take on people like Embiid and Giannis, which he should. But I think that he's, he's not giving himself enough credit. I think he can do a lot more. And not just in terms of like, you know, making shots or anything, but facilitating, playmaking, crashing boards. And uh, he did a lot of that kind of stuff in this game. And I think that, you know, having those key bench guys that really know their roles, execute them well, and can just, you know, play complementary play with our stars is going to be really big and into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, having guys that can come off the bench and, and deliver those intangibles consistently is like a, a real difference maker in the playoffs and, and something that we haven't always had. Um, so it's really good to see that Shemi's finally coming along in that sense. So the the playoff rotation... We're kind of hashing it out here as far as the, like, in addition to the, the, the regular starters and then Marcus Smart, who's kind of in that um, rotational spot as far as filling in for any starters who are out for whatever reason, and then being that sixth man, the first guy off the bench. Other than that, Cantor, Shemi, Grant, Grant Williams, anyone else that you can see potentially getting those, those rotational playoff minutes? Like, does Brad Wanamaker slide in there just, or is he just kind of in there today because we needed extra minutes at the guard spot mm. with Kemba out? He was he was good today, Wanamaker. Um, mm, he I, I was, don't, was great. <laughs> yeah, I I can see him being like deployed if we're down like two games to nothing, like just as a sort of like let's see what happens here. But I don't think he'd be primarily a part of the plan. Um, I, I I still I still I'm always going to believe in Robert Williams for as as long as he's here and even <laughs> like forever into his career. But I think he's probably missed too much time now. So whatever development that he may have been able to have had by this time and uh, his effectiveness potentially in in a, in a playoff series, I think is probably um, uh, null and void now. Unfortunately, so no, I think this is probably it. Um, and yeah, and it looks good so far. Yeah, and, no, and you t- you made a really good point because I think this was supposed to be a really interesting development year for Robert Williams. And with mm. this injury, you know, it's really derailed a lot of that. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe, you know, he can really focus on the mental aspect, you know, just watching film, really trying to see what kind of spots he could have been in in these types of games, just to kind of like prepare for, prepare for him for that. Um, but, I mean, as far as the playoff rotation, I th- Brad seems to really trust 
the other Brad <laughs> on the team. And I mean, and it makes sense because he, even though he's what I think this is his like second official year. Um, I mean, the dude's yeah. been balling for a long time and he has that kind of like, yeah, I've been here before kind of swagger to him um, that you, that, mm-hmm. you know, you see a lot when you play pickup games, there's always that old guy that just kind of like knows how the game is supposed to be played, you know, uh-huh. kind of really goes for that. And I think Brad's like that for us. So um, I think he will crack it just in the, you know, in use of certain matchups, but, uh, I mean, you got to love what he did tonight. And um, he's really trying to he, he's also one of those players that doesn't really try to take away from like our core. You know, he, he knows what he's got to do in terms of setting uh, the offense up, being a facilitator and just really trying to be a point guard for all the other stars on our team. How about that technical foul on Wanamaker today after he oh, slammed man. it with a trailing, <laughs> trailing Embiid and then has the goal to, to stare him down. I would never for a million years imagine Brad Wanamaker being in that, in that scenario yeah. in my life. But there we go. We saw it today. We saw two actual throwdowns from Wanamaker today. So it was, truly was the game that with all the gifts, I think. Can we just talk about that real quick? Because like, what, <laughs> what, what is the NBA's problem with like, this like, anti-taunting movement? That we've been seeing, like I am here for all the flexes, for all the stare downs, like for all the shit talking. Like, do it. Like these, yeah. like when you're in the throws of these games, these games get emotional. These games get intense. Let 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 it go. Like I want to see. I mean, we don't have to go over to like Malice in the Palace. You know, we ain't got to go that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, come on, man. Like, I think they gave Jalen the tech for like his dunk on LeBron James. You know, when he like I guess like grabbed his nuts <laughs> like as he was hanging yeah. from the rim. <laughs> Poster that should be here, uh-huh. right? Yeah, oh, for, for me, it's 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 at heart of like one of my biggest problems with the NBA, and that's just the the total and utter like you know subjective flexibility of of the officiating and the rules. Mm-hmm. Like they can just like they'll let stuff go for for certain players. They'll let stuff go in in certain games, um, and it just really comes down to what kind of referees you get on what kind of night to see like how the game is going to be played out. I mean, look at it from Brad Wanamaker's perspective. He he throws this, like, he has this lifetime moment, this career moment, and then the ref immediately blows him for this tech after just succumbing to a bit of emotion. He must be thinking, like, come on, dude. Like, I'm fucking Brad Wanamaker. Like, I don't get this shit in my life very often at all. Just let me have this moment. And then, you know, they blow the tech and he's got to give up one of the two points he earns mm-hmm. with that dunk. And so he has that uh, breakaway dunk down the other end of the court in the second half and, like, just keeps his head down. Just keeps looking straight ahead, does not look yeah. at the opponent at all and like immediately learn his lesson. But like, yeah, I mean, you're right, Alex. In, in that situation, you want an even bigger stare down. You want an even bigger celebration. Uh, gets the crowd going. Definitely gets me going at home. But um, yeah, shouts to Brad Wanamaker. Don't know if he's going to crack the playoffs, but um, the playoff rotation rather. But um, he certainly had a moment or two today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's just really crazy too because it's like we gotta understand like these are the moments that we live for. Like how like how many times did y'all hop from your seats today on the dunks from Jason, the dunks from Jalen? You know, like those those things are just such big energy injections. Yeah. You know, and really can just like solidify the momentum that you're already building. Can change the momentum when you're you know you're losing, and um, these refs just gotta. Let, let that shit go. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. what kind of like old school, you know, mentality they might be playing with, you know, or yeah. how pervasive Tony Brothers is, but it's just, <laughs> it just can't happen. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so we started off the top of the podcast talking about the game in general, uh, and we didn't get that granular. We kind of skipped over to some other stuff. Um, so to get back to the game very quickly, guys, is there anything else in particular from this game, a moment or a strategy or otherwise that maybe stood out to you in this one? 
Um, not a strategy or anything sexy, but we did get to see Taco fall again. Oh yeah. Like and that, I didn't expect that at all. Like I saw he was on the bench and I thought, oh, that'll be nice. And then yeah, lo and behold, we we're up like 22 in the fourth quarter. I thought it might happen. And I feel like whenever Taco comes on and he makes a bucket, that's sort of, that that's everyone's night made. Everyone can go home happy now. If it doesn't happen, it's like these massive tease and everyone's like blue balled to some degree. Like, ah, he's just, I just wanted to see it happen. But um, yeah, no, he, um, he had a, what looked like a pretty clean block as well too, but obviously got caught for the foul. But um, yeah, that little, um, that little hook shot inside was, um, was really nice too. So I, I, I really enjoyed seeing that on top of a win. Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, and to add to that point, I mean, I feel like taco time is the best time in the garden. They really need to take advantage of all the marketing that they can do uh, while they can. And I know that he's on like a four. I know he's on two way contract and everything. But, you know, you know, there are some games when the crowd at the TD Garden just aren't really in it. I'm wondering if maybe Brad just I mean, look, you saw how the crowd reacted when Taco got like everyone jumped out of their seats. You know, they Mm -hmm. got crazy. What if like when the the crowd isn't feeling it, just like call around timeout, put Taco in, you know, get them, get them going again. And then actually just put in the rotation just so that way, you know, you're like playing 4D chess with the, with the fans as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because that's important. But as far as like a specific strategy, I just think that, aggressive Jalen is like the best Jalen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was defending mm-hmm. at Horford for a majority of the game. Um, and, you know, he was, Brad was using, really using him in that kind of switchy power forward role that we saw in the summer with Pop. And I know Jalen had a quote uh, during the summer when, he, when someone asked him about that and he, was, he just said, hey, I want to contribute any way that I can. I feel like I'm strong enough to play this position and kind of branch out and see what my role can you know, really be. And I think that is going to be a really important part of this team going forward in terms of just having that kind of switching defense. Because, I mean, I saw a couple of games of Jalen in, in real life, and that dude is just huge. The guy's jacked. Yeah. Jacked. <laughs> I mean, he definitely has a membership at the Ojale Factory. Like. <laughs> so, um, I mean, and it's just, you know, and you, we can see it. Like, he gave Horford troubles. Now, yeah. Horford was just missing shots off of the three point line, and, we, you know, we saw that but i mean he was he was definitely trying to give him some body in the post and um just unlocking jalen on the defensive end with that and then his offensive explosions that he had during this game i mean the sky's the limit for this kid and just really understanding how we can kind of utilize our guys in terms of all the different you know skill sets that they have is going to be really the biggest key for this team yeah, and like you said, on both ends as well, the that, that three-headed wing snake of, of uh, Hayward Brown and Tatum, like that was so aggressive. Like if it's just drive and kick, drive and kick, drive and quick kick, and it's those three guys involved, one of the guys driving is Brown, Tatum, or Hayward, and one of the guys receiving the kick out is one of those three guys as well. And they just keep cycling that until a good shot is generated. Like that is a insanely potent offensive strategy and then on the defensive end they're so switchable uh you mentioned Jalen brown defending bigs today like he can switch off onto basically anybody uh tatum as well with his defensive instincts and maybe haywood is the is the biggest weakness if you can even call it a weakness on that end of the floor um those guys healthy going into into the playoffs i feel like any team um, would be terrified of of coming up against a healthy Boston Celtics, and we're not even talking about Campbell Walker at this point. So it's um it's a very exciting juncture at the season at this point. So we've just got that amazing win against the Sixers. Yeah, they beat us three times. We've got the last laugh though, so it kind of feels sweet to kind of walk away yeah. with like, oh, we don't really care about mm-hmm. what happened earlier in the season. Like we got the last one, so you know, fuck you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you were talking about Hay- Hayward for a little bit. I mean, I know he had a terrible game shooting, but like you said. Um, I mean, he was doing all the right things. He was being aggressive. He was getting his usual kind of 
spots and the usual shots that he takes from mid-range. I mean, and so even though it didn't translate to actual points, he was doing all the work. Sure. And I know that um, consistency for us might mean, you know, 20 points per game over the string of games and all that. But I think really, really when it comes to Brad, consistency is just always making sure you're doing the right thing. And that's what's most important because the results are going to even out themselves. Yep. And, um, and I don't, I, I would hate for Hayward to like hang his head on like the shooting night tonight, mm-hmm. because I mean, just before this game, what he had like, I think five or six 20 plus game, uh, points coming into here. Uh-huh. So, um, I, I mean, he was doing everything right. And I, I, even though it, it didn't show up on the stats sheet, I mean, he was, he was still helping the team just try, by trying to, you know, play his game. Yeah. 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 Plus, plus 22. Yeah, despite you know Nine going boards. one from the field, yeah, and like Embiid was one for field goal made as well too. So you know that it it it, it happens. And yeah, you're right, exactly right. You know the the run that he's been on, like up until tonight, like he definitely gets a pass from me. I don't think anyone's really giving him shit tonight. I'm sure some people will because they're assholes, but you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> happens. Definitely not us. That one bucket that he did get as well, that fadeaway over Embiid, like that was a kind of a critical bucket where it looked like you know the Sixers were making a run. They were sort of starting to worry me a little bit maybe just crawling back into it and uh that was a timely bucket for gordo to hit to sort of um just steady our guys again which is um i guess the role uh the more defined more distinct role that he plays as far as that three-headed wing snake if we're calling it that i have to find a better fucking name for that it's terrible (laughs) you know (laughs) our three wings you know what i'm saying um he's he's got that that the more pro veteran presence and and can hit those timely buckets just to kind of calm everyone down a little bit so that one bucket today was that so that was good to see um i do want to get back to the taco thing very quickly though uh user harry reese barker wrote on the post game thread great win and good to see taco get some time at the end however for the love of god please can everyone stop treating him like an attraction at the franklin park zoo um well where do you guys stand on that because it is kind of a divisive issue obviously everyone wants to see taco fall in the game he's a eight foot gangalore that's exciting to see on the court um but you know sometimes there are a lot of things to celebrate i guess in the game and like Maybe in this game, people should have been chanting Jalen Brown. People should have been chanting mm-hmm. Jason Tatum. And yet they're chanting this guy who basically is just paid to sit on the bench in like a break in case of emergency kind of box, if that makes sense. So where are you guys standing on that? Yeah, I I hope that the coaching staff and the players and everyone like just just kind of knows where everyone's coming from. And I, when I say that, I mean, like, it is like kind of a sideshow-ish the way that the people mm-hmm. are going about it. But I think the only person who you could really like decide whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing is how Taco feels about sure. it. And from what I can see, he seems to really enjoy it. He seems to really be encouraged by it. And I'm sure he understands like, you know, people are only doing it because he's like this gargantuan human being. But like, he's got this legitimate G League career going as well. And I think as soon as like he gets to the point where he can, you know, really control and really start to become a dominant player, it might be some time off. Then people are going to stop treating it like it's the taco show and just treating him more like he's a viable, dominant NBA player. And that's like a different thing altogether. So look, I'm, I'm sure maybe it rubs the coaching staff the wrong way a little bit, but at the same time, it's you have to understand the attraction. You have to understand like what the NBA is about. And like this guy is just a, you know, just uh, uh, he stands out. Like anywhere on earth, he will stand out. So that's going to come with a set of, that, that's going to come with its own set of, you know, behaviors and, and whatnot. But yeah. For me, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. But if Taco wasn't fine with it, then I'd have an issue with it. So that's all I can really say. Yeah, no, I mean, Jan Jackson hit it right on the nail. I mean, hit the nail on the head. Is that how that saying goes? I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, like, look, if, he has a, if Taco has a problem with it, you know, then we should address it. But 
I mean, look, the Celtics, we, we lost a really important part of our team. This, uh, I think it was just this past summer with Yabu. And people have to understand that during the grieving process, you're going to have, you know, sometimes you reach out for something else that inspires joy and you try to latch onto it. And I think that is what Taco provides for us. You sure. know? I mean, Yabu, Yabu was, was an angel and, you know, he had to go home. And so what, what were we gifted with? We were gifted with Taco Fall. And um, I mean, sports, I guess, inherently has this kind of like entertainment aspect oh, yeah. to it. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, this is kind of maybe just us kind of dipping our toes into that kind of realm because as far as I know, you know, every, ever since I've been watching Boston Celtics basketball, we just play Boston Celtics basketball. We don't really have like any sideshow, you know, flashiness to us. We just like dig our nails and dig our heads in the dirt, you know, and go kind of have this blue collar kind of mentality. Um, and so it's, I don't know, I think, I mean, it's nice. Like, I mean, it's cool to see the TD Garden get pumped, you know? Yeah. I'm cheering this guy on and I mean I'm sure that must feel really cool just to be able to look around you know see your number as a member of the Boston Celtics and all these people chanting chanting your name people are dressing up as tacos in the stands I mean it's like it's great I mean and plus look he has a built in endorsement deal probably waiting from like Taco Bell or something so it's like it's it's, it's gotta (laughs) be great like it can't be that bad yeah it's only a matter of time I think um one one last thing sadly in memoriam marcus smart's testicles we we have to we have to give a no. shout out to this guy but for the yeah. 10th time this it's season alone wake, <laughs> yeah someone someone give that guy a hug seriously I, yeah. I think he needs it dude if he's not careful he's gonna get like testicular torsion or something right and then he might have to get one of them removed yeah so he, i don't know if he needs to start yeah. wearing a cup to the game or something but yeah. Mar- marcus Marcus Smart's jeans aren't something we can't afford to like, you know, have lost to history either. Like that guy's got to like, you know, get to get to a depository and um, you know, freeze some freeze some little ones if it isn't too late already. <laughs> yeah. um, so his legacy can continue. But um, yeah, yeah, no, nah, you got to feel for the guys. It's, it's uncanny. He had a little break for a while there, but like, yeah, like he came back with came back hard today. We fell on he fell on someone's like. I think it was Cork Mars's like knee or something. Yeah, yeah, that freak was, accident. I, I'd, at first, you're like, oh, no, God, don't be something serious. And then you see where he's grabbing and you kind of smile <laughs> a little bit. But then you think to yourself, oh, no, again. So it's like this roller coaster of like, oh, shit. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he just thinks that people are out to get his nuts <laughs> for some reason. Because, <laughs> I mean, I would love to see the stats like per game nut shots that Marcus Smart takes like this season. I mean, it's, he's got to be in the 99th percentile. In the league. In the league. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe him and uh, Steven Adams need to form like a support group or something like that. <laughs> like a subsidiary of the NBPA or, or something like that. Yeah. So good luck to Marcus. I hope he's, uh, he's got a nice bag of ice there and he's, he's on the mend. Um, I think that's almost going to do it for this one, guys. Any other points you want to bring up before we wrap this one up? Quickly on Marcus Smart, that fadeaway shot over Horford was fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, Spicy. And, that, and then the little celebration afterwards where he does the hand to the ground, like staring all Horford down as well, too. That was nice. Yeah, the butt slap on Horford as well. <laughs> yeah, true, true. That yeah, too. yeah uh, for me, I, I just wanted to say Five Leaf Clover is a great nickname for this team. I know uh, it might have some bad stink on it because originally Kyrie Irving was supposed to be part of the Five Leaf Clover, mm-hmm. but I just like that. It's kind of like uh, our squad. Uh, I just I also want to get y'all's uh, input on Jalen Brown trying to create his own nickname as the Green Goblin when like he uses all this like juice 
promotional material. Um, I, I don't know if y'all talked about that before, but no. I'd lo- I, I, I don't know what, what I don't know if he's trying to like create like a Marvel themed <laughs> like nickname for his group, you know, but uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. I haven't heard the Green Goblin idea yet, but I'm all for moving away from the nickname of Juice. Maybe I'm a little older than some of the listeners of this podcast, but um, an athlete with the nickname Juice uh, takes me back to my childhood mid-90s. I don't know if many people remember the OJ Simpson case, but he was very fondly referred to as the Juice at that time. (laughs) And to me, that is who the Juice is or anything Juice, the Juice, anything like that. that. That's my immediate association. So I'm all for Jalen Brown taking on any alternative nickname, nickname at this point in time yeah isn't juice is like his, his t-shirt brand or something yeah, as well yeah. like I, he's, very, almost bought, he's very committed yeah, to it i almost bought <laughs> i almost bought one of those a year or two ago but i never did he's uh i think it's because uh i mean i don't know how y'all are familiar with it but i think it's it's because the movie with tupac Shakir. um oh right and, uh, okay yeah yeah it's, okay. it's a really it's a really good movie y'all y'all definitely need to watch it but I think that's that's probably what he's referring to. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, right. When you talk about OJ, you know, we talk about the juice. But um, another thing I want to just kind of bring up is, can y'all name a better couple than Jalen Brown and Biting on Pump Fakes? Because <laughs> those two are in so much love. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I could say Marcus uh, Martin getting kicked in the in the nads, but we've already brought that one up. Uh, what, about, <laughs> what about you, Jackson? <laughs> Enos Cantor and stat padding. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's all i've been thinking yeah ben simmons and missing free throws that's a that's a, a current one a recent one yeah what about you alex um i mean i don't know maybe like alcoholism and ernest hemingway it's going back it's going back all right, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit podcast. Uh, Alex, uh, Dan the Malformed on, on Celtics Reddit. Where can the people find you on Twitter, Instagram? Do you want to do like a bit of self-promotion here while you've got the chance? There's like 12 people listening uh, yeah. to this, so we've got a, a casting a wide net. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dan the Malformed at Twitter. Um, you can also just search up uh, Alexander Williams. I have a couple of uh, blog pieces that I published at the Huffington Post you're interested in more kind of social critical stuff um i also need the people of celtics subreddit to please help me out i cannot find the picture of jalen brown where it's like he's the michael jordan logo but it's just like with the flat top i've been trying to google it for like five months and i can't find it so if someone could please message that to me on reddit that'd be great yeah there you go people get on that yeah and that's about it Nice, man. Well, look, it's been great having you. You're welcome back on anytime. Thanks again for joining us. Jackson, it's been real, man. I'll see you again uh, early next week for our regular Tuesday pod. Looking forward to it. Nice one, boys. Thank you. All right. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.